We're out of practice. We're out of practice. Out of practice across the board. The podcast, going to fucking two night runs, going to a rave. I hadn't been to, I mean, the podcast was like three months, but like, I hadn't been to an STS9 show in like more than two years, almost three years. Yeah. Oh God, I can't believe that's how long it was for you. Yeah. I feel like I was just lucky where it's only a few months, but. Well, that's what happens when you move out to Colorado. Sure is. Holy shit. Are we doing the podcast right now? Do we just slip into this non-intro? Damn, we're good. (laughs) Well, you know, as you can tell, we are back. We are in the airwaves again. We are with you chatting about music. This is almost familiar, and it's fucking season two. different this time because for the first time we're recording in real life in person in my new apartment in san francisco pretty fucking wild i'm talking to you and looking at you not through a computer screen it's kind of fucking me up a little yeah it's a long time coming long time coming and we are out here or i'm out here you live out here obviously but we came out here uh, i also our buddy matt's on the couch just chilling but we came out for two nights of Sound Tribe, Sector 9, and Napa for their West of the Moon part of their West of the Moon, East of the Moon series. Chapter 1 is now in the books, and what a fucking time it was. I've seen them. I actually don't think I've been to a special event of theirs. I've, I was thinking about that recently where I think I've only seen them at festivals mm. or like on one of their tours. And this one felt really special and just kind of different from what their messaging usually is because like all of a sudden one day I like woke up and I was on Instagram and this fucking rave had themes and I was like, oh shit, this is about to be something crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Soundtribe's good about doing, you know, um, switching up their concepts in terms of like stage production, but this felt like the first time, at least that I'm aware of, where they had a fully fleshed theme. So, I mean, what the theme was is, as we mentioned, you know, it was West of the Moon, East of the Sun, and man, they were being cryptic with it leading up to the show, starting off with a J.R.R. Tolkien quote that goes, still around the corner, there may wait, a new road or a secret gate, and though I oft have passed them by, a day will come at least when I shall take the hidden paths that run west of the moon, east of the sun. So that's where we started, and I just remember when I saw it, I was like, what in the world is going to happen? Like, Soundtribe has always been super intentional, but it seemed like this was something completely different, just like you were saying. A rave with themes? Come on. I mean, they had a whole mood board. If you go if you go to their website on sts9.com, they had all of these just interesting pictures, like copies of music scores and shit. It was... I just had no idea what we were in for. And I still, honestly, don't even know what we experienced. I mean, yeah, we're, what, two days out from the weekend, the shows, maybe three at this point. But they were really, really powerful, impactful shows. I think, you know, kind of tying on along with the theme, 
of the whole West of the Moon. Another quote to share from you from the Sound Tribe mood board was, East of the sun and west of the moon is the place where the sun is eternally sinking in the west and the moon is eternally rising in the east. It is a place that is forever in the moment before darkness. As such, it symbolizes the nearness of death, a place of crisis for which one will go either west towards the sun and life or east towards the moon and death. I feel like that was pretty relevant for you, Wes, particularly given your travels over here. Yeah, I had a, had myself a little incident in the car. Um, for people that don't know me and my friends that do, uh, you know that I drive a lot. When I go to events, I'm always a dude that just drives. A little bit of it was financial back in the day. But with this trip in particular, you know, I was telling Elizabeth, so sorry, you have to listen to me tell Liz again, but... Uh, when I used to live in California, we would do the drive from California to Colorado quite often, so it was like a big part of my childhood, and I haven't been back to California since 2004, so it's been 17 years, and I thought, you know, like, I'm coming out for two weeks, going to see Sound Tribe, like, I want to do the drive. I want to complete that full circle story loop for me. So the drive was going great, uh, I was having a good time, making great speed, driving safely, 10 and 2, so wearing a seatbelt the whole nine. And I had a tire explode uh, just outside of Las Vegas. And my car swerved. I went into another lane and a semi was coming quickly, but I was able to get out of the way of that. And I got my car off the road. And it was just a really scary moment for me. Like, I think I'm all mentally past it now. I mean, you saw me the day after. It was pretty fresh, pretty raw, really scary. Um, But, you know, our really good friend Ethan, he really helped me out where... I used to not have AAA because I'm an idiot, but since this incident, I now have AAA. But Ethan was able to use his AAA account for me and hooked me up quite a big time just because I was out in the fucking middle of nowhere, super late. And it was just a really nice reminder, you know, like even when bad things happen, like I've got people in my life that are there to pick me up. And then, you know, the next day I made it to San Francisco. We went and saw Daily Bread and uh, Late Night Radio at Public Works, which is a great little venue out in San Francisco. Uh, that's just really trying to keep the electro soul scene alive. And that was really cool to see right off the bat, too. But, you know, it was just after that accident, I was really freaked out. Just like, damn, like, almost didn't make it. Like, what would have happened if I would have not made it? And just I'm really feeling appreciative for life. And probably being super annoying to the people that have been around me. But I've just been constantly breathing, just happy sighs, just so stoked to be on this planet. And we're going to keep fucking kicking it for a while. But, yeah, definitely the theme of, you know, kind of driving towards life became very, very real for me after that little experience on the road. So as if it wasn't enough that we got to see two incredible days of two incredible sets of Sound Tribe, the openers were just as fire. And on Friday, I know that we're a little upset still, but we have to talk about how great that Emancipator set was, even though it wasn't the longest Emancipator set we were hoping for. I mean, it was honestly the shortest Emancipator set I've probably ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, he gets on the mic 45 minutes in and he's like, thank you so much, it's Emancipator. And we're like, is he wrapping up right now? And then he did, and it was such a bummer. I couldn't believe it. Only 45 minutes, but got some great music. Our Elizabeth recorded the whole set list. She's now a new member of the Emancipator Flex Club. She's just <laughs> writing set lists even when no one asked. She did that for us. So fucking shout out to you, Elizabeth, for leveling up and maintaining the Emancipator family. 
I mean, nobody cares what me it's, but me. It's arguably my most useless personality trait, but it is something that I would like to see the Emancipator family do more of. I would love to see some set lists. Yeah, especially just because Doug is the creative he is. You know, he really goes out of his way to put on some different shows with his new music. He played some really cool edits of some songs, and I believe he dropped some new tunes. He right? did. There yeah. was that, like, bird song techno oh, ID. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to be chasing from Ooh. now on. I mean, if you had told me that was Fortet, I would have believed you. It was it was great, but it really was like very techno-y in a way. So I think that's a new track I hadn't heard. I think there were three tracks that I did not recognize. So, but we, I mean, we know he's been dropping new music all year. It feels like every other month he comes out with something new. Literally, he's been working with a lot of really great artists. Uh, I mean, if you've listened to any of his EPs, you know exactly what we're talking about. He's just been cranking out fire. So really great to see him. Just would have liked to see him a little bit longer than 45 minutes, but that's okay. We're grateful for it anyways. Yeah, and it was hard to be mad when Tycho got to play for like an hour, what was it, an hour 20? It was an hour and 10. But it was an yeah. hour and 10, but it, it was really good. I'd actually never seen a Tycho DJ set before. Even though he's based in San Francisco, I've only seen him once, and it was with his three-person band, I think. Mm. But the DJ set was... I don't know. I just love when, you know, talented producers play other people's music just to kind of get a, a feel for the range of their, their taste. It was it was a really good time. Absolutely. And those Tyco DJ sets are super, super hard to come by. You know, I I saw one um, last two months ago when Tribe played Red Rocks. He was the same opener for them. So, you know, uh, I think it's a great billing with Tyco and Sound Tribe. It was a really good way to kind of loosen up, especially on day two. Because Tribe fucking really brought it on night two. Oh, yeah. That was all gas, no breaks, baby. Ooh, literally. With the new dawn, new day opener, it just did not slow down. I mean, just spell it out right out for me, guys. Like, I get it. You don't have to make it personal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. What were some of your other Tribe highlights this weekend, Elizabeth? I mean, I think you, you called it before it even happened. But you, I think you called that Totem was going to get played. Yep. And I hadn't really even thought about the quote that much before you had brought it up. And that's that's another really nice quote that totally fits with the theme. It goes, And there's no way you're supposed to be. There's nothing you're supposed to do. There's no way you're supposed to go. And you find you're in an eternal here and now. That's your way of discovering who you are. And how the universe works and what man's place in it is. I want you to do something that expresses you. No more playing games with me. I want to see you. And that like really felt like kind of an affirmation of what I've been trying to focus on lately in this transitional period of my life. During September, I started microdosing regularly for the first time. Um, I take a capsule of psychedelic mushrooms. It's about 0.3 grams in a capsule. I do two days on, one day off, and it's really helped me just kind of focus on like the simple pleasures in life and like finding significance among like the insignificance and just, Mm. I don't know, appreciating moments that I would have otherwise overlooked before and it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately about how I don't know capitalism really makes you feel like you're supposed to be doing something or supposed to be doing something at the same rate as everyone else in life like you and I are in our like late 20s and like everyone's getting married and everyone's having a kid and stuff and I I, I always catch myself saying like oh like I you know I should have studied this in college I should have gotten a more practical degree so that I could be making more money now or like have a different title but like that's just capitalism talking. Like, 
we're not supposed to do anything. I have a, I have a good friend out here that, that told me that one day. She's like, we're not supposed to do anything. And I was like, I guess you're right. We're not supposed to do anything. And I just love that Alan Watts quote because it's just like, do whatever you want and just just like, just be however you are. Not about how anyone else is, but just just be because there's there's no way you're supposed to be. And like, stop comparing yourself to everyone else. So that was just like a really nice affirming moment of like what of which is how I'm trying to be like right now at this moment in time I'm just trying to give myself a little bit of breathing room after like a really challenging and chaotic couple months of like a transition Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I think I think that Alan Watts quote also just like it does such a great way of tying back into that theme from the weekend you know that moment of being the eternal here and now or the east of the moon or west of the moon east of the sun is that moment you know before life and before death which is kind of where we're all all doing right now you know and it seems like it's a a really eternal process for us because we're experiencing it but in the grand scheme of you know life and the universe we're a small little figment here and it is really important to take up those small things you know and San Francisco, I've been here for a week already, and we spent the first couple of days just, like, aimlessly walking around, just really taking in so much beautiful nature out here, and just really kind of reestablishing, like, how simple it can be, you know? Like, you don't have to be doing all this stuff. Like, you, life is really simple. It's not as difficult as society makes it out to be, and it is kind of hard because a lot of people our age, you know, are getting married, they're having kids, or getting houses and all this, and it's easy to compare yourself to that and see what you don't have, but... I think we've got something really special within our friend group, within our lives, you know, and even if it's not the same as what everyone else is doing, I couldn't be happier to be living life the way we're living. Yeah, exactly. And being in San Francisco, like, I feel so lucky to be able to live here. Like it, I don't know, I'm curious to hear more about what your impressions of it have been, because it's, I, I feel like I live in a painting and like I live in a work of art and like I live in this beautiful part of town now after having moved recently where I'm just, I'm kind of on the edge of the city and being on the edge of the city, like when you're by the Pacific Ocean, you're just on the edge of the continent. And I live near two, well, I guess three like really nice parts of San Francisco. I live by the Presidio, which is where we did that. I took Wes on like a nine mile hike one day and I looked at my phone and I was like, oops. Yeah, we got uh, our steps in. We sure did. Uh, I live by Baker Beach, which has a beautiful view of Golden Gate Bridge and also this uh, really nice hike called Land's End. And anytime I'm having kind of a tough mental health day and like those those days have been coming more often than not lately and I'm mostly doing okay but there are definitely moments that are that are hard I just I'm really grateful just to be able to go on like a quick walk and just see so much I don't know beauty like just looking at the Pacific Ocean is so grounding and it also just puts things in perspective that I'm just like I ain't shit like whatever Mm-hmm. we all ain't shit we're not supposed to be doing anything yeah and on that presidio walk uh, i feel like it's a cool story that we have to mention a crazy moment of synchronicity we experienced as we're walking uh, through presidio off in the distance elizabeth points out alcatraz which is something that i've always been fascinated by as a kid and my mom would always talk to me about it and i always just thought like you know the whole concept of a jail island was just fucking really crazy so i'm like stopping and gawking at this and then we see this guy come ripping by on his bicycle, and then as he's past us, we notice the hoop septum ring, and it was none other than Mr. Bill, who was uh, kind enough to be on our podcast, just put out a new album recently, but we were just like, what are the fucking chances? Because he had just played Infrasound the night before. You know, like he just got back to San Fran. We were at the same park. What did you just call it? <laughs> Infrasound? Oh, San Fran. No, did I call it San Fran? <laughs> Fuck. 
Dude, you've been here too long. Too to- <laughs> long. Okay, so to share with you, if you're from San Francisco, you don't call it San Fran like I just did because I'm clearly not from here. <laughs> it's SF or San Francisco, so pretend I said it right the first time. <laughs> but, you know, it was just crazy to, like, run into Mr. Bill there, you know, and then we also learned that on this walk that the Golden Gate Bridge shares a birthday with Elizabeth, and the Golden Gate Bridge is a Gemini just like us. What the fuck? I know. That made me feel even more connected to San Francisco in my like weird little abstract and esoteric ways that I already do. But like, what a dope... Per- like, it's me, the Golden Gate Bridge, Emancipator has the same birthday. Like, what a special day. It's a powerful trio. <laughs> <laughs> Super strong. But yeah, that was just like, we didn't even take psychedelics. And that whole experience was just like so psychedelic. Like, yeah. just to see Mr. Bull. And only because we just stopped to take in the beauty. Yeah. You know what I mean? We like, that's nothing. what we did. Yeah. Yeah. You just stood there and you were just stunned by the bay. You were stunned by Alcatraz. And I just like, I was like, we weren't in a rush. No. Like, we were we were just wandering. And like, because we just took that moment, like, we had just such like an interesting experience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was one of my favorite days I've had here for sure. Just like, like you said, really taking in the city for what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of places, Colorado included, you know, there's distractions in there and you go to do certain things. But we just, like, didn't do anything in San Francisco, you know, for those first couple days other than just walk around and just feel the city. Well, I feel like you're leaving out one pretty important thing that we did do. Because I I feel like we accomplished a lot in the time that you were here. Because we watched about three and a half seasons of Sex and the City. (sighs) (laughs) Y'all. First off. If you're judging for Sex and the City, I need to tell you, there are some musical interludes on this show that will fuck you up. The music is so good. In particular, if you just if you have HBO Max, <laughs> what I'm asking you to do, you go to season two, episode one of Sex and the City, you hit play, and the fucking jam for the intro of that episode was like super early reminiscent of Tribe. Like I will I will take that to my grave. I stand by it. It is a bona fide jam. And Sex and the City is just fucking fabulous. And I love these gals and their gossip. I live for it. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we love rumors on this podcast. And I don't think I've ever started a rumor, but I actually want to start a rumor now. And I am just completely convinced that the soundtrack of Sex and the City is early STS9. Like, before they were famous, they were just, like, trying out their stuff. They were trying to get exposure. So they put some of their unreleased jams on Sex and the City. I mean, have you heard the fucking theme song? <laughs> cover that i would lose my fucking mind it is such a fucking tune yeah we would need some scissors because we'd be cutting up some rugs that's for sure (laughs) so yeah i mean of course i would never forget the sex in the city as part of my san francisco experience (laughs) it's how we cooled down most of our nights but just a great time also hit up the russian banya like woof i mean talk about mental health being kind of all over lately i've been feeling pretty similarly and that is just was one of my favorite ways to really just kind of deconnect with everything and just really focus on your body and your wealth, or your health, not your wealth. But health is wealth. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. And fucking Russian Banyas, 
well worth it. That was such a really nice thing. So I'm super glad to have tried that, especially after all these years of being hyped up by Banya from y'all. <laughs> yeah, definitely my favorite place in San Francisco. And I feel like places like Banya and just like my experience in San Francisco in general, like I feel like I'm in this phase in my life now where I'm like focusing on myself more and I'm trying to separate that from being selfish because mm. I feel like you know when you focus on yourself it has this like connotation that like oh you're being selfish but that's not actually the case you're just like prioritizing yourself and I had this moment or just I guess my whole what I took away from the second night of STS9 which by the way I think was like my favorite STS9 set that I've yeah. ever seen personally I mean, maybe it's just been so long but like I said I really hadn't been to like a special dedicated intentional event and it really just like had a serious impact on me but I mean I just I had this experience where I just felt this like profound sense of inner peace of clarity and just like being happy with myself and like loving myself mm. and just being proud of myself for you know doing for like making tough decisions these last few months and I think I've always had a hard time separating confidence from arrogance. And when I say, and like, you know, saying I'm proud of myself, I don't mean that in like an arrogant way. I've always kind of struggled with self-confidence, but like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just have this, I just have this feeling of like, I don't know, just being happy with myself and being happy with where I am. And I feel like that opener of like new dawn, new day, new life, like maybe that can symbolize for me a transition to like really learning how to love myself because that's mm. been something that I've struggled with instead of like you know focusing on something that I don't have like you know like not being in a relationship or whatever like you know loving someone else just like actually like fully loving myself before I try to get into something like that mm. well said yeah and I think I mean I get you completely you know I felt that same kind of magic behind these shows where it's just such a good reminder of just how present that we can be, you know? And it's just like, again, with San Francisco, it's just less is more. You know, with a band like Tribe, especially that second night where I feel like the first night I had a couple, like, really dark, heavy jams. So I was, again, just probably overanalyzing too much the way I do. But I was like, if this is, like, the night of death, then night two is the night of rebirth. Mm -hmm. And without ethereal that new dawn, new day jam was, you know, I just remember feeling like I was soaring. Like, I felt like I yeah. was in the heavens. And then something else you just said... Um, about, you know, just kind of making those hard choices, but the ones that you know are right for your life. Something I had looked up um, about this east of the sun, west of the moon theme was that it's actually based off this old Norwegian fairy tale, and it's a story about leaving and homesickness and tough choices that are nonetheless right for your life. So again, you know, this theme is just <laughs> keeps popping up before the weekend, during the weekend, after the weekend. Just, just thanks. Yeah. And it's amazing how we can each assign like our own narratives as they relate to our personal lives based on these themes, like, and also based on, I don't know, the, the sounds that we heard, the lights that we saw, and just like the, the meaning that each song gives us. It's not necessarily how the set list is designed, or maybe it is like, I actually have no idea, you know, what their intentions are with like building their set list and stuff. I imagine it is very intentional given how intentional of a band they are, but it's just, it's fun to be able to assign personal meaning at the show it's so it's so special it's something that I hadn't experienced in so long like this was you know not only was it my first tribe show in nearly three years but I also hadn't been to an event like this since the pandemic mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like it almost carried that kind of emotional weight that that last PL Red Rock show had. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, I mean, there were the rumors that it might be the last one for a while. And I think once that kind of got around, everyone just kind of took a step back and just really let the show kind of be more impactful than it may have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. But that's really how I felt about these tribe shows, too, where I felt like, you know, they had put in so much time and effort to really go out of their way to let us know how special this was for them. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we make it special for us as well? Yeah, and I think it's just the timing of it was really was really interesting, because at least within my circle, I feel like a lot of people are going through a transitional phase. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's true of of you, but like just between you and I, you know, like we just moved like I just I you know like ended my relationship but like so many people I know have moved recently and I just feel like we're all kind of transitioning right now and like I'm just wondering like what life is going to be like when we all finally settle Mm. and I really I mean we really thought that when the dust settles it's going to get played I thought it would be so like appropriate because I've been I don't know as I reflect on like the last month it kind of just feels like the dust has settled for me Mm. But I don't know, something about these shows was just like, maybe not yet. Maybe, maybe, not maybe yet. it's because I didn't hear the song, but like. Maybe you just got to go to Atlanta for the New Year's I, run. I think so. I think I have to come full circle now. I mean, without uh-huh. Pretty Lights, I'm just going to become like a tribe chick. Like, I don't know, like full time, maybe. <laughs> full time <laughs> I, tribe I need chick. a new full time job. Like, there's no fucking Pretty Lights. Uh-huh. Like, what else am I supposed to do? Gosh, not a bad way to fill up your time until then. Yeah. Because I'm still holding on to hope. It soon is coming sooner than we think. (laughs) But yeah, one thing I want to talk about too is just how cool I think the people of San Francisco are. I have just met, um, within the music community especially too, you know, met some new friends. We got to hang out with some old friends, obviously at Tribe. But some of the new people I met here, some of the people that you know, just open me with welcome arms, you know, big hugs, big smiles. I felt instantly like I was part of this San Francisco Bay crew and as I mentioned earlier, you know, the electro scenes, uh, the electro soul scene at least isn't super popping out here, but the people that go hard for it go really hard. The That venue, Public Works, the owner, Rob, a huge PL head, so we actually got to chat with him about Pretty Lights and how much we're just missing that music and that movement, which is really great to be able to chat with. But, you know, people like him are holding it down in San Francisco. You know, they're bringing stuff out here. I know Maddie O'Neill and Marvel Years are coming to Public Works as well. So, you know, if you are listening to this in the Bay Area, make sure you're getting out and supporting that. And wherever you're listening, if this music's coming to you, go support. You know, it really just takes us, you know, the the PL Flame or PL Stocks or however you want to look about it, kind of low right now. You know, it's hard to keep this flame alive, but we're out here doing it. We know there are other people out there that love it just as much as we do, so we got to make sure we're supporting it all so it can all come back eventually the way it was. But yeah, it's um, San Francisco scene is fucking super fun. Yeah, I think it's, in some ways, I, I find it really special connecting with people who are part of the electro soul scene and people who like Pretty Lights and everyone that you met this weekend are people that we literally just bonded with at shows because like one of us was like repping Pretty Lights and it was such like a special, mm-hmm. such a special way to bond, but it's like, it's so few and far between out here. Yeah. Like there might be 12 of us or something that are really like actually into it and it's fun like connecting with everyone but like it's just one of those like aha moments where you're just like oh you get it whereas like I'm sure I mean I'm curious to hear about your experience going to shows in Denver because I don't think we've actually talked about like what your life in Denver has been like since you moved out there but my 
you know, impression of it is that not that it's oversaturated, but that like, you know, everyone, everyone's a pretty lights fan. Like sometimes I get mad when I go to the beach and I'm like playing pretty lights and I'm like, is no one going to come talk to me right now? <laughs> or like, I feel like if you were in a park, like playing pretty lights, like in Denver, someone would be like, Oh hell yeah, dude. You know? So mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, it's different out here and it's not necessarily like a bad thing, but because it's so much smaller, it just makes those connections like that much more intimate. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can tell they are too. I know um, your friend Anna in particular, you know, she's been so sweet and posting the nicest things about you on Instagram about like just being adopted into our crew for the weekend. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my gosh, like it makes me so happy seeing that you got this kind of family out here just because, you know, I know a lot of your family is back out east and, you know, a lot of people, you know, are in Colorado, but I'm just super glad there's people in the base showing up. But Colorado is just totally different, as you already know. You know, anytime I go to like any electronic show, there's I'm going to see some PL logos. It's super sick. It's like it's almost like it's a little bit less magical for how frequent it is, but it always just makes me just smile. You know, like the big thing I did was Tipper Red Rocks. Did both nights of that, and I just saw tons of PL gear that whole weekend, which made me super happy to see us all repping. And you know, off that note, <laughs> Tipper. Woof. Those two shows were some of the most well-executed shows I think I've ever seen. The production, they brought in these Vero speakers, and just the sound quality was the cleanest, the crispest I've ever heard of a show. Like, it was just sonic perfection. The, like, the most massive LED you've ever seen. It was in, I think, like, 6K or something ridiculous. Like, just crystal clean. The musicians were amazing. The vibes were excellent. And just shout out to the Tipper family, you know? I know that it's a huge group that's really kind of bubbled up in the last couple years, but it's such a great carefree environment. It does remind me a lot of Tribe Family and PL Family, where it's just, you know, it's just a bunch of fucking misfits looking to get together and just don't give a shit, you know? Like, we're here to have a good time. There's no thought in how you look, you know? There's no judgment, It's or if there is, it's super minimal. You don't see a ton of that. It's just a very welcoming atmosphere, so that was great, you know, um, really, really loved those shows. Definitely looking to go see Tipper at one of his own curated festivals because like you said with Tribe, you know, I don't think I've ever really gone out of my way to see Tipper too often before, but now I feel like I have to. You know, it's it took a long time for the Tipper question mark to really connect with me, but um, I'm all on the Tipper train now. What would you say are some of your observations of like the differences between the tipper crowd and like a, a crowd that comes to STS9 because like, and maybe it was like specific to Napa but it was a great crowd it was super small like mm-hmm. I don't even know how many people were there it was a very small venue I think they capped it at like 3,000 but it certainly didn't sell out but I don't know to me like the tribe crowd like it's a little older mm-hmm. you know people people are pretty mature people can definitely like keep their shit together for sure I haven't seen tipper in a couple years um and I don't mean, I definitely don't mean this in a derogatory way, even though I feel like the word wook is a derogatory term or can be used, but like, I don't know, there's like STS9 wooks and there's like tipper wooks and like, they're a little bit, I don't know, to me, they're a little bit different, but like, mm. do you have that same impression or no? I think there's a lot of similarities. You think a lot of similarities? A lot of similarities, yeah. Or I mean, I think the age thing, I think Tipper's got more younger fans mm-hmm. just because I think he's been playing a little bit more like mainstream things the last couple of years, like, you know, doing Biscos and stuff like that is going to naturally expose him to younger audiences. Same with Tribe, but I feel like, you know, um, people in the bass scene kind of gravitate more to that. And I think there's just more people in the bass scene right now. Mm-hmm. But I definitely did see some older heads at Tribe this weekend, which, you know, they've been around for a fucking long time, which I always forget, you know, like. 
they always just seem like this young, youthful band to me. But they've been ripping since like the late 90s. I know. I'm definitely like a new age tribe kid, obviously. I mean, I think I only saw them with Murph like once. So I'm like super lame and super new. And I've shared this anxiety before, but I just feel, I don't know. I just feel really intimidated by like the old tribe heads. I don't know why, but I'm just like one of those new kids. <laughs> that are, like imposter syndrome. It is the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. God, I'm such a millennial. Only fucking <laughs> person that figured out how to pay for imposter syndrome. I'll get into that another time. But here I am, peak millennial. But um, I don't know. I, I like love the poppy stuff. Yeah. For tri- like it's like I don't maybe it's not my favorite but like I don't I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. And I don't I I also like don't see that much hate on it in like the tribe groups on Facebook so I don't really know what the general consensus is but even that song like Walk to the Light mm-hmm. like I was just like oh my god like I was like geeking out I was like yes like like optimism that i needed but like i don't know i dig the poppy stuff yeah what can i say hey you like what you like own it yeah yeah and that's the great thing about tribe is like they have that poppy stuff which i can see being a turn off for some people but like within within 10 to 15 minutes they could be doing just this deep fucked up weird analog jam that they were ripping on i can't remember if that was night one or night two but the, that was at the end of presence of light which was like that was night two yeah and phipps was... just starts going just wild with it did this um tiberius first of all let's take a step back um <laughs> you're the fucking man holy cow tiberius absolutely flexed this weekend and we got to chat with him before the shows and um this venue had a really interesting house rig we're gonna have to try to share some pictures of it but it's um definitely not like a standard production rig that you'd see with your lighting and trusses set up um pretty traditionally and what he did with the stage was fucking breathtaking Especially on night two, I felt like it was just, especially that open E closer was, my (laughs) God. Anyways, I'm getting distracted just thinking about lights and how they sounded or matched up with the sound. But Tiberius, he fucking killed it. So one of the things Tiberius did that was really cool was during that analog jam was he just had those like really small isolated lights that shone on those disco balls Mm -hmm. that were there. And just it was the coolest thing. You know, these tiny little disco balls made this great effect and just was in- incredible. I was absolutely floored. I yeah. feel like my heart is racing just even thinking about this weekend shows again. Yeah. <sighs> Tribe. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's just such a... I don't know. I feel like with them in particular, I'm almost able to like kind of give and take the energy that they're putting out through mm. like sound and light. And I can kind of just like put my hands up and just be like, 
I feel what you're giving to me and like here is what I can give to you and it's just like this I don't know if you've ever had that before but it's just like this really like powerful exchange at least for me at least I'm on the receiving end of it I don't uh know if they're uh getting anything from me but I am definitely getting shit from them (laughs) I call that the energy hands Mm. it's like you just feel it in your hands so if you ever see me to show like sometimes it'll look like I'm just like fucking I don't know squeezing a loaf of bread in the air but just me (laughs) compact in air energy and just sometimes you throw it back sometimes you gotta bounce it up and down yeah yeah I I think I started doing that for the first time like with PL but Tribe definitely Mm. makes me do that a lot where just like like you said it, it the energy feels very palpable you know it doesn't feel like it's just sound waves it feels like it's ripping through your body and what else are you gonna do other than just act a fool for a little bit (laughs) yeah that shit had me howling at the moon oh baby yeah we were doing some howling and pretty cool moons this weekend too yeah Oof. (sighs) yeah we were west of the moon and now i just I just want to be east of the sun. I know. I'm ready for more tribe. Ugh, I feel like I need to complete the journey. This was such a brilliant marketing tactic, like cryptic quotes. I'm like, yes, I need the full yeah. story. <laughs> like, literally, you guys have to go to sts9.com and check out the whole mood board. All sorts of really interesting stuff that definitely had us doing some research for a little bit, including our favorite quote that we are both applying to our dating lives, which is <laughs> a strange game. The only winning move is not to play. Yep, not playing the game. Nope, fuck the game. <laughs> I'm going to win the game. Because I'm not going to play it. That's right. Because it's a strange fucking game. I mean, watch Sex in the City. They date so many men, and most of them are ugly. Like, most of them are. <laughs> and I'm just like, is this? Like, I'm out here, like, taking notes. Like, I'm getting ready. Like, maybe once I finish it, maybe I'll get back out there. Probably mm-hmm. not. I'll probably mm-hmm. just watch it again. Again. But, like, I'm just like, is this what my life is going to be? Like, this, it's equal. Like, some days I'm like, this is exciting. And some days I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. So, yeah. who fucking knows? I got a channel... I'm like, I'm trying to channel like halfway between like Carrie because I want to part my hair in the middle because she looks so good doing it. Oh, you look it. good with the mid part. Yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, it'd be cool to have like a weekly column about like San Francisco shit. Like maybe I'll get there someday. So That's like doable. she's like my goals. Samantha, I want her confidence. Yeah. Oh, we she's get all, a bad we get bitch. all you Samantha's confidence. She's a bad bitch. And then Miranda's one-liners are just... <laughs> just zingers. <laughs> Amazing. Although she dresses terribly. Terribly. And Charlotte is so boring. So boring. She can go fuck herself. If you're the Charlotte of your friend group, just remove yourself from your friend group and <laughs> save everyone the effort, please. We beg of you. <laughs> Anyways, until PL comes back, this might be a Tribe Sex and the City podcast. Super sorry about it. Yeah, sorry guys. We're sorry. switching gears here. Yeah. Uh, season two is different. just fucking kidding obviously all i think about is pl at tribe i was just like oh like this is so great like i can't wait till it's till it's pl's turn yeah but it's it it really is like similar feelings yeah and i mean it's it's obvious because i think you know I think STS9 really influenced Pretty Lights. Like, who, oh, I mean, sure. I don't know if this is a bold statement, but like, who knows if we would even have Pretty Lights if it weren't for STS9. Mm, that is a bold statement. Especially, with, but especially with like the Pretty Lights live band. I mean, that I feel like is directly influenced by STS9 personally. Yeah, and sure. I mean, again, I, I am not, I am not an STS9 expert yet. Uh-huh. I'll get there. You got your Bandcamp <laughs> subscription yet? No, can I just use your login? Nope, because I'm a real fan. (laughs) I actually got, like, shot on in Tribe Fan one time because I think I was, I think I wanted, like, a pre-sale code, and I, and I I don't think I had it because I wasn't, maybe I'm not on Bandcamp, maybe I wasn't subscribed, and I just asked in the Facebook group, I was like, oh, can someone share it with me? And they were just like, you gotta be a real fan. (laughs) They were like, you gotta subscribe. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I just felt very, subscribe. I don't know. And so, so of course, my anxiety is I can't participate in Tribe Fan. (laughs) 
<laughs> Gotta lay low. That's what I'm ready. Um, while you brought that up, I'm actually still on their website because I was looking up the mood board and I'm actually subscribing to their email list as we speak. Wow. That gotta, click was me doing that. I gotta catch up, but you gotta get on my level with the Emancipator track IDs. <sighs> That's true. You're so far ahead. <laughs> so far ahead. And then also, while we're talking about music, I feel like I have to mention to the podcast, maybe there's a way we can sneak some in. El Bujo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Elizabeth has put me on to my favorite London-based DJ who makes a down-tempo, ambient, bird-based electronic music. I call it Plantronica because it, you know, Plantronica, it's like you're just right. like in like a... fucking jungle do i have to go to to like Uh lay in a hammock and do ketamine to this music (laughs) like like where do i have to go you can go do it right from your couch if you want to but man but this is just yeah uh, and then emancipator played some bird techno and i was Mm -hmm. like see this is the wave this is where we're going yeah bird music baby Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i'll be out there on the jungle dance floor dancing like a bird (laughs) which one i don't know i hate them all (laughs) I mean, how could we forget to mention, though, the incredible little excursion we took after the first night? Are you talking about Applebee's? I sure am. (laughs) Listen, people, let's talk about after hours (laughs) protocol here. There's about three things you can do. One, just go back to your hotel slash Airbnb slash home. That's usually the way to go. Mm -hmm. Two, maybe go to an after party like we tried to. And maybe you show up, maybe you're the first ones there, maybe you're all looked out and you walk into this place, maybe it's also a casino, <laughs> maybe it's full of high-end people in Napa just looking to have a good time and blow some cash, maybe you leave after being there for five <laughs> minutes because you're so uncomfortable. I don't even think we party. lasted for five minutes. I don't think we did either. We ha- Matt has a theory that we were getting trolled by the local Napa high school kids because we couldn't like find our way to the venue the first day. All the signs were fucking us up. Mm-hmm. And then this after party, I like saw an event in in the STS9 lounge for this casino. I didn't even see. I didn't even vet the DJ no, that was playing. I didn't do any research. See, I'm so out of practice. I mean, let me tell you something. Using a fucking porta potty was like a that was a right. spiritual experience. Wasn't like it? using a porta potty when I'm like a little bit fucked up. Like yeah, it brings you back. That brings you right back. Oh, oh man, that love was, that. That was great. But yeah, this after party was was not the vibe. And it's I not the vibe. I don't trust this Rohan guy. Rohan Solo. I think, no, I think the you. Napa high school kids are assholes, and I think they were trying to fuck up our time. They didn't succeed, but they, they definitely definitely threw some variables out there. Absolutely. But that's why we were really punctual, and we got there before doors opened for Emancipator. I wasn't I wasn't playing around. No. No, yeah, we uh, we got a little bit turned around on Friday because we had to be the first people there, and we were essentially the first people there on mm-hmm. Friday because we didn't want to miss a minute of the forty-five minutes of Emancipator. 
Well, some people missed the entire set because they right. probably thought they would have a little bit longer. God, at least we weren't those people. Yeah. So sorry if you were. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of a couple offhand. I'm not going to call you out, but yeah. But don't worry. The set, the set list is on Emancipator Fan. If you, if you if you missed uh-huh, it, so uh-huh. don't don't you worry. And thank Elizabeth. Yeah, I got you guys. And <laughs> if 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 there's an admin listening, like, can I please be an admin? That's like my that is like my goal. Like, I really just want to be an admin of Emancipator Fan. There you go. Manifest it. Please. <laughs> So you thought you skirted the Applebee's topic, and I'm coming right back on it. <sighs> so after a show, you either go back home, you either go to a shitty after party, or maybe it's a kind of cool after party, but it's usually kind of shitty. I've never been to a good after party. I've never gone to an after party and been like, I'm so glad I came. I'm always like, God damn it. I wish Can I, I was go home. home? I wish I was home. <laughs> so we decided to leave that after party. We're starting to drive home. And if you have ever experienced or just seen a child, <laughs> look at a Christmas tree, Christmas morning, you know, the, the lights are lit up. Their eyes are just filled with the view of presence. This was Elizabeth as we pass an Applebee's. You are being so dramatic. Am I? Yes. I don't think I'm being dramatic enough. I don't remember it that way at all. Because we're driving. I'm like, Double Tree Hotel. It's coming up in about a mile. And we drive past Applebee's. Elizabeth goes, ah, Is that an Applebee's? And I was like, Okay, let's turn around. <laughs> So we go, we park in this Applebee's. <laughs> Elizabeth does what she refers to as a heroic bump of K. I mean, I wasn't going in there sober, you guys. I like, can't. I gotta be rocked for Applebee's. Yeah, we were we were post show vibing for Applebee's. <laughs> and there was a fifteen minute wait. Like we had to put her fucking name down mm-hmm. for what, a Friday night at Applebee's? <laughs> like it's where all the hot singles are going. You I see get, what I mean? It was just a, it was a bump in place. I guess so. So uh-huh. I used that time wisely to yeah. make sure that I was just you know, ready for the whole experience. Did it work? Were we ready for the whole experience? No, I could never could have prepared for that. No, it was terrible. <laughs> so with, with this, after a show, don't go to Applebee's. <laughs> or if you do, definitely, definitely do not order the beef nachos. The neighborhood beef nachos. The neighborhood beef nachos. It was probably the most vile looking plate of nachos I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth l- was not feeling it the next day. None of us were. We yeah, all got, I was like, literally hung. Products. I was hung over from Applebee's. Like I didn't drink at all. Like I just, you know, I yeah. took some mushrooms and I was fucking hung over from Applebee's. Yeah. And I swear they don't have an avocado in in house at all. No, I know they don't. Mm-mm. I would I would bet money on that. Well, it all came from a bag somewhere. Sure did. Oof. Ugh, and the strawberry lemonade was disgusting. Still not ready to talk about it. It's just so low quality. I really wasn't that excited, though. You were really excited for Applebee's. I was really excited for Applebee's. You were really excited, but now you know not to be, I hope. Uh, Yeah, I think I, I Uh think I learned my lesson. I just, like, I've never, like, I guess my body just hasn't experienced food like that ever, and it was just so, like... Food like that ever. I don't, I don't think so, but, like, just, like, before we even left, my body was like, what the fuck? Like... So in conclusion, next time we're going to Chili's. You know, I like Chili's. Stop. I do. Like, you know, like the middle class fancy Instagram page? Like, that was like my life. And like, my my family, like, we would go to Chili's like regularly. Middle class fancy is an Instagram page? Yeah. Boy, I feel like this is going to be too relatable. (laughs) But yeah, I used to get like the, the fajitas at Chili's are fucking bomb, dude. And their nachos are better too. I'm a sucker for nachos, I have to say. Oh, I love shitty nachos, but not if I hadn't gotten the beef, I think we would have been okay. Yeah, the beef is just just sad. The queso dip was the best thing on fire. the table. Mm-hmm. 
So were there any other moments that stuck out to you from tribe or just your general experience here? Mm. Yeah, I feel like I'm just, what you were saying was really resonating with me and stuff we've already talked about, but you know, it's just that reminder just to be a little bit more present, just to really kind of focus on the things that are going to align with me and my values, just make sure that I make each day a good day, just string a whole bunch of those together and have a good life. So just definitely working on that, working on not letting myself get too far ahead of myself and my brain, which is always easier said than done, but we're working on it. So it's it's been really great to be back on the West Coast. I uh, I definitely feel like there's a special kind of something-something in the air out here. It yeah, just, I mean, I think they put acid in the water, but that's just me. I mean, yeah, the 60s were the 60s out here. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised there's still some lingering remnants around. But it was nice to finally spend some, like, dedicated time together. Hell I was yeah. Thinking, I don't think we'd gone to a show together since, like, Pretty Lights Red Rocks. No, absolutely correct, yeah. Because Ethan came out for Tipper, mm-hmm. and I've seen, like, a lot of the other New York City crew at other events, but, like, we've never really just hung out before. Yeah. And, and we've never not, done a show. Yeah, and we haven't had, like, I don't know, more than a couple days to really spend time together. Like, mm-hmm. we did that dope surprise for you in Syracuse, but we yeah, were, we were so only cool. there for, like... Two days, I think. Mm -hmm. And then you, anytime we, or one time that we came to visit New York, you like came down for the day. But like, otherwise it was just really like short little times that we had together. So it's pretty remarkable that we've been able to maintain like such a good friendship despite Mm -hmm. the distance and despite all of that. And I'm really grateful for that. But like, I'm just so, I'm just so happy we finally got to like spend some dedicated time together and finally able to record in person. Did you hear that in-person high five? I bet it's super fucking loud. I'm super sorry. Super loud. We'll edit that down. I don't, I don't think I, I don't know how to do that, honestly. I'm... I got it. <laughs> we'll be fine. But yeah, I agree. It's uh, I was really excited about this trip because I've been trying to come out to visit San Francisco for, you know, you guys have been here for a few years. So mm-hmm. just knew that when I had to do it, it had to be for an extended amount of time because I wanted to soak up all this time and all this experience. So I'm really grateful we also had to sit down and kind of launch this little episode back up too. It feels really good to get back in the podcast flow. I think we've both definitely been just focusing on our own shit for a little bit, but just ready to kind of get back to talking about the music and the community that we all love so much. So just super grateful to be getting back at it. Yeah, and hopefully we can do more of it in person too now that shows and festivals are starting to come back. Mm -hmm. So if the next time is in STS9, then... Although I feel like that could be the next one if we, if we decide to send it to that, because otherwise, I mean, I'm going to Halloween in a couple weeks. Hey, I'm super are. excited. So this, cool. This Floridian is finally going to Halloween after all these years. I was just an idiot and somehow never fucking made it there. But yeah, I'm super stoked. I haven't been to a festival in three years. The last time I went to one was Lightning in a Bottle 2018 with Matt. Wow. So I'm ready to let fucking loose. Like, I feel like Tribe broke the seal. I'm ready to be a wook again. Hell yeah. Like, I am I'm ready to bull. Oof. You're going to bring the emergency rave umbrella. I am. You Absolutely. know, <laughs> one of Brendan's friends, Arden, like, he turns to me in the taiko set and he goes, yo, could I hit the fidget spinner? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> could I hit the fidget spinner? <laughs> and I was like, yes, you can keep it. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, I feel like Tribe New Year's is definitely going to be a, a big contender for me. I saw that Colorado announced their uh, Decadence New Year's Eve lineup, or at least some people on it, which uh, definitely not my vibe, but <laughs> you know, there's some stuff on there that people are super into. Sodown's pretty cool. Shout out to Mammoth Music Group. 
I do like So Down. I feel like he's just kind of playing all over. Yeah, so maybe they have some cool artists on, on their roster. Absolutely. Yeah. Some cool people. They're, they're right? okay. Like, I don't, yeah. you know. God damn, just kidding, man. This is so fire. <laughs> yeah, you guys are killing it. Please bring Derek back. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, I'm pretty sure Mammoth is pretty heavily involved with Gem and Jam this year, too. Yeah. And that lineup <clears throat> is fucking... Yeah, I mean, STS9 is on that lineup, and if we're going to fully commit to becoming a tribe podcast, I kind of feel like we have to go to New Year's, we have to go to Gem and Jam. I feel it regardless, we just got to go to Gem and Jam. Yeah. I mean, I've really wanted to go to Gem and Jam for a long time, because I have some good friends that live in Phoenix that I met at Lightning in a Bottle, but Gem and Jam always coincides with one of, like, the major symphony events, and I always have to do a bunch of bullshit for it, but, like... We'll see if I can get out of it this year. I really would like to. Believe me, I never, I never, I literally just try to black out as much as I can during this event. Yeah, like, well, who's going to symphonies in February? I mean, in, like, in San Francisco, it's not that cold. I feel like it's been freezing. You think it's been freezing? Yeah, I'm a little chilly. I think it's been nice as fuck. This is, like, summertime. Oh, my gosh, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, it has, it has been kind of cold, but during the days, it's been pretty warm. Mm-hmm. At least, like, warm for San Francisco standards. Like... Sunny in 60s, like, that's warm. Anything over 70 degrees, I'm, that's a heat wave. Like, I'm dying. heat wave? Yeah. (laughs) It's different out here. I guess I shouldn't complain. I hear it's like a tundra back in Colorado already, so. Oh, no. We're bracing up for that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. With, like, going to Atlanta for New Year's, like, it's going to be cold. Mark Farina's playing San Francisco. He's playing Public Works, Mm. actually. He tend, he, he plays uh, New Year's out here a lot, but, like, I have to say, the holidays in San Francisco dope because everyone leaves the city so it's empty and then like new year's is so easy here Mm. that like they don't even like increase the prices on ubers damn it's like new year's out here is a fucking party like it's it's great i bet i hadn't even thought about that yeah tribe actually did a new year's run out here a couple years ago but uh we were at the Fillmore for pretty lights and i certainly don't regret no regrets oh Oh, man what a time that was that was a great show great show yeah oh god i can't wait for pretty lights new year's to come back into our lives i know again manifesting cross your fingers manifesting yeah Well, thank you guys for your patience while Wes and I got settled in our new places. I mean, it's just so crazy that, like, what is it, three months ago, we fucking recorded in different places. Like, you were still living in Syracuse. I just started to move. But we were, you know, like, we were just beginning, like, a massive transitional period. And now here we are recording, like, in person together after seeing a fucking concert together, mm-hmm. like in my new apartment, which is like pretty much set up, I can't hang my mirrors because I am not, you know. They look kind of cool on the floor. They do look kind of cool on the floor, but I need—I guess I just need to like date a hunter gatherer and have them like yeah. hang something up for me. That's how the world works, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Learning my lessons from Sex in the City. Uh-huh. Like we literally just watched that one where Samantha had the flu and she called just that guy. And she was flings. just like, "Can you hang my curtain rod for me? Like, is that mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do?" I mean, that or get a stool, but it's I have not a as stool. exciting. I, I just can't, like, drill shit. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm getting there. If you're in San Francisco and, like, want to hang my mirrors, I'll buy you dinner or something. That would, I'd really appreciate it. But, you know, thank you. If you're still listening, like, thank you so much for, for bearing with us and for, for being here. And, like, 
we hope we run into you. Like if you're in San Francisco, hit me up. If you're in Colorado, I'm just going to tell people to hit you up. Wes, hit me you up. Hit Wes up. We hope, you know, we'd love to connect with you guys in real life. It was fun. You know, some of the people we hung out with this weekend listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's just a fun... I hadn't really interfaced with people who, like, listen to it yet. And I know you've had that experience a lot, actually, like, living in yeah. Colorado. Because a lot of the guests that we've had on, like, Thought Process, Captain, I think you said you ran into Captain, JD, JD. like yep. Sam Ackles. I run into Sam all the time. Yeah. Like, it must be, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, and I just feel so, like, grateful that, like, people are engaging with this. And, like, we are really excited to get back into it. So... We'll leave you with one of the quotes from the mood board. Up among the stars, we'll find a harmony of life to a lovely tune. And I have one more that I want to share from, uh, I think their night one set opener. What was it? Sky High? Yeah. I think it starts off sharing space with harmony, rhythm, and eternity. Love is all we'll ever need. Mm. God, thank you, Sound Tribe. Thank you to you guys for listening. And again, we're just, we're really grateful to be here with you and just to be talking about stuff that we love and that you love. And, you know, as always, if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Almost Familiar. At Instagram, we are the at Almost Familiar Pod. You can always reach out to email at almostfamiliarpodcast at gmail.com. And just sending so much love to you guys and hope you're feeling it. And until next time, be well. Sharing space with harmony.